Hello, this is Apu from The Simpsons. As you may know, my employment as an actor on that show is in danger because apparently my humble portrayal of an Indian immigrant to America amounted to an ugly racial stereotype. I am deeply offended by this accusation because I try very hard to bring only absolute verisimilitude to my acting. The complaint was originated by a fellow Indian and brings a new level of stupid to political correctness. I would like to point out that I am a cartoon character and a cartoon show based largely on social satire. Every character is a stereotype of some member of society. That I should be the only one singled out smacks of the real racism here. Hardly ho there, Apu. Why you looking so... sorry? <laughs> Slow day at the Quickie Mart? Oh, hello, Ned. Tell me, why have you not been persecuted for your outlandish portrayal of an evangelical Christian? Why, haven't you heard, my little Hindu buddy? We Christians are a protected class in this country. Pretty much do whatever we want. You should try it. Maybe there's room for Jesus in your little pantheon. <laughs> so long, Pally Wally. Thank you, Ned. Jesus is indeed very welcome in Hinduism. Anyway, my friends at AU have assured me that I can make guest appearances on the podcast from time to time, and I am very grateful. They don't believe in any of the gods, but they are good people anyway. Before I go, I would like to warn my good friend Scooby-Doo. Beware, Scooby, they are coming for you. The PC police are coming for you. For your offensive take on Great Danes as junk food junkies with speech impediments who are very, very afraid of ghosts. <laughs> my name is Apu Nahasapima Petalon. I am not an atheist, but I do ride the Atheist Underground. And I ride on the roof like a good Indian. Celebrity voices impersonated. Vishnu be praised. There is no God. Then why are we whispering? Stand by to receive our transmission. Logic clearly dictates. If you're an atheist, scream atheist! I mean, but what is an atheist? I don't know. An atheist is someone who doesn't quite believe that there is somebody out there, some god out there. Well, then to me, you're an idiot. From beautiful downtown in Philadelphia, in the state of apostasy, it's the Atheist Underground. It's winter! Arriving in Solstice Village. Thank you for riding the underground. This is Solstice Village. Solstice Village, glad to be back with everybody again. Thank you for joining us. Solstice Village because it's obliquely like Santa's Village. You know those places? Did you guys ever go to a, like a Santa's Village? There is a Santa's Village in Illinois somewhere. Dundee, there's one. Yeah. There, was a, there was always one. I thought it was closed I for a while. Closed for like it, years. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not really, around anymore. It was cool when it was like when I was young. I mean, it was kind of cool to go to. Yeah, there were, and there's, they're all over the country. I think we had one in New Hampshire that we would go to. and They're open in the summer. That's always a trip. Yeah. 
I know that I've been there since it was closed, and there's nothing creepier than like a closed theme park or yeah. something like that. It's like really noirish and weird. I kind of like that though. Zombie. I dig, kind of dig that. Anyway, Solstice Village. What do you guys uh, uh, like to do uh, this time of year as as uh, secular folk? While we're talking about the solstice part, I at least like to point out to my kids what the solstice means when it comes around, so that you can think about where you are in the position that you are in the in the solar system. You know, you can actually like kind of think about where you are on the planet and where the planet is in relation to the sun and everything else. And for me, that, that to me, that's as fascinating and. Uh, as moving emotionally as any religious experience, you know, to kind of get a sense of that. What do you do uh, to celebrate the holidays if you're not a Christian or religious person? I love food. So I love baking and cooking around this time of year. Um, as a Greek person, I somewhat still keep ties with the Greek culture and the food. So I make uh, Greek Christmas cookies, melamakarna, every year because my mom made it every year. It's a, a cookie with flour, honey, orange juice, a little bit of brandy topped with some walnuts. And I give them out to everybody I know. Sorry, I forgot to bring... Um, cookies tonight but next week i will bring some cookies say that again. what are they called melomacarna it sounds like skin cancer <laughs> <laughs> they're very tasty it sounds like they're rare it sounds like a rare cancer I, I, I brought melanocarma to the party no thanks so food for you making food food and eating food mm-hmm. and sharing food with others now, what, it, what happens when you're sharing food with the, with the religious folks and they break down at prayer and the, you just kind of put up with it? Yeah, I really just stay quiet through the uh, mandatory Catholic prayer. My stepmom likes to give the standard prayer uh, before mealtime and I just uh, lower my head and, uh, you know, wait till it's over and then I just get on with the dinner. So I, I try not to... Uh, create any argument or discussion over that part of my life. So really, when you do the food, it, it always ends up involving being around your religious family anyway? It does. What about like food drives and stuff? Oh, well, um, I don't participate in food drives. I do gift drives. So every year I do um, adopt a few people from various gift trees um, in the community. Like this year, I went to a local cupcake shop. And they had um, trees with people's, not with their names, but their identity, like a mom or a boy. So I adopted a, a mom who wanted some scrubs for ho- for Christmas. I almost said Halloween. <laughs> and then I adopted a four-year-old boy who just wants pants and shorts. Oh. So I love buying things for people as well. Food and spending money. 
What about you, Margaret? What do you like to do? Yeah, I do a lot of volunteerism at this time of the year. Um, I think that the holidays are really difficult for um, a lot of people. And I think that, you know, giving back to the community that is, is around me is important. So I do, you know, a couple events at soup kitchens and I do, you know, I do the gifts for kids um, and also for the elderly. And I think it's called Dayton Place. We do a thing that has, that we, you know, ask the older people what they need and, you know, especially the ones who don't have family um, around and we, we donate stuff to them as well. But also coat drives are really important at this time of year because it's, you know, it's really cold in Wisconsin and so it's nice to uh, give back and keep people warm at this time of year. In general, I think it's important to be compassionate all year round, but I think that for the holidays, you know, holidays are always hard for me, um, you know, having having lost somebody very close to me fairly recently. Um, so, you know, I know how it is to, you know, feel alone and kind of blue at Christmas time. And, you know, not everybody is religious and can, you know, pray all their feelings away. Some of us actually have to deal with and reason with our feelings and our emotions and and that can be really difficult for a lot of people I think the uh, rates of suicide and and stuff go up at this time of year and I think it's important to make people feel like they are cared for and that somebody is is still there and out there for them it's Christmas time what was it like for you as a kid? Were you raised a Christian? Were you? Did you have? I mean, was Christmas a good time? Oh, uh, you know? yeah, Christmas was okay. I always went to Christmas Eve service with my dad because we got to wear jeans. Um, casual was, day at church. Yeah, it was casual day at church, and it was like my only my dad and I, and I really, I really liked the quality time with my dad. But you know, Christmas we didn't really do a lot of Christmas. There was a big Christmas pageant, but I got left out of that because I wasn't a believer. And like all the other girls in my grade level got to be, you know, Gabriel and Mary. And but I got left out of it because I wasn't a believer. Did they let you play the devil or something? I mean, they could have no. found a villain role for you. No, rotten atheist no. Sunday school questioner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so rotten. Like you can be Judas. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of lost its charm after a while for me. So, I was good for the presents when I was a kid. You acted good so you could get the presents. Exactly. Ah, I see. Other than that, though, bad girl. Mm-hmm. Make, yeah, make presents it. in my house was, were always weighed. Like, you know, my mom, like, had a calculation in her head for all of our gifts, and, like, everybody had to be equal, and it was just this crazy materialistic nonsense. So I'm, like, kind of anti material when it comes to Christmas I always make all my gifts like I make cookies and I make ceramic pieces and I make I, I don't I don't buy any gifts for Christmas so, you know there's a good tradition that's 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 one right there this war on Christmas it reminds me that the, you know the, the way the Christians cry about this war on Christmas it wasn't really different when I was a kid. There was still the people who cried about the war on Christmas, but atheists weren't the demon. It was commercialism, you know, in the 70s. And the, the, I mean, look at the, the whole Charlie Brown 
you know, the, right. the moral lesson in the Charlie Brown Christmas story. That's, you know, it's been going on forever. But back when we were all, and nobody assumed there was an atheist population, we were all just Christians and everyone was railing against the commercialism, you know, of right. Christmas as opposed to the spiritual reason behind the holiday, which we all know, of course, is bunk. I do put a tree up every year. I don't put any religious uh, ornaments on my tree, but I do put a tree up every year and wrap things up to put under the tree for, to give out for people. You know, I guess I'd have to say I'm a secular Christian. I mean, in that in that way, too. I don't, And I'm not one of these atheists who, like, you can't call it Christmas. I mean, that's what we call that holiday, so it's Christmas. We all celebrate it. I don't not have a problem with the commercialism, but I don't have a problem with commercialism taking over Jesus in, in Christmas, you know? It's just better capitalism than Jesus, I right? I guess, right? yeah. You know, maybe at least it's fun, you know, for, for people and, and the kids expect it. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I get a tree and, you know, I light the lights and we make the food and all that stuff. And we don't talk about being Christians, being secular Christians. We talk about being atheists. But there's not a whole lot of difference. I think anybody who came out of Christianity and is an atheist who doesn't actively not celebrate Christmas is probably could be described as a secular Christian and the, the secular Jews. That's like a thing. They don't, you know, they don't talk about being atheists. They talk about being Jewish identifying secular people. Sec yeah. When I went to Jews. Thanksgiving dinner yesterday, um, one of my coworkers daughters had made a comment to her sister that, uh, her sister was breastfeeding and she said casually, oh, your daughter wants some more titty juice. And then she saw me nearby and she immediately said, oh, I'm not. Oh, I, I'm sorry if I offended you. And I said, don't worry, I'm a socialist. I'm an atheist. And then uh, several other people said, yeah, we're socialists and atheists, too. <laughs> but they're a Jewish family, so they probably just identify as culturally Jewish, but they're very liberal. And they throw the term titty juice around, apparently. They do. They're party <laughs> folks. That's nice. Gloria. And now, AU's Weather Jesus. Amen. The Global Climate Report. With a rapturous twist. And now here's Stormy Joe with a Weather Jesus update from the North Pole. Actually, Rob, I'm in North Pole, Alaska. What? It's the closest Amy and purchasing could get on our budget. Well, that's some bullshit. Why the fuck would Jesus come back to North Pole, Alaska? I don't know. Why would he come back to the North Pole? Um, closer to heaven, better for his budget. We had a meeting about this. On. I was very specific. Maybe you should tell Amy and purchasing, you're fired. Yeah, maybe you should look for Jesus before we all get fired. God. And irritating. Alaska. Maybe Jesus should come back to Hawaii next time, or I quit, Dick. Fucking cold. Well, the sooner you get on with it. Okay, okay. I'm standing here with Fire Chief Jeff Kuhn outside the main fire station. Hello. Not like there'd be more than one fire station here. Chief Kuhn, are there a lot of igloos catching fire in a town like this? Well, Miss Joe, ice and snow could be a real danger with added yeah, weight and stress. Yeah, great story. Can you just tell me whether Jesus has been spotted here? Um, well, I'm no preacher. Post office lady might know. Hey, Sarah. Yeah, Chief. I guess this lady's looking for Jesus. Ha! Aren't we all? Specifically, we're asking locals 
whether Jesus has been spotted making his return here and get a weather report. It's a bit. Well, I don't know about all that, but certainly we have the Christmas spirit here in North Pole, Alaska. We get at least 2,000 letters from children written to Santa every year. I don't give a shit about Santa. You got any letters to Jesus in there? Hmm, well, let's see. No, but here's one from Jesus. What? Querido Santa. Let me see that. Querido Santa, ¿dónde está mi regalito pinche gordo? This is from Jesus Hernandez, a little Mexican boy. With no presents, apparently. Wow, thanks for your help. Do you want to stay and help us write responses to these kids? Yeah, I'll be all over that. I just want to know whether Jesus has been spotted on this iceberg you call a town. Ooh. Oh dear, you're not fully well-dressed for the cold weather up here. Where's your snowsuit? Oh my god, what do I look like? A kid who wants to make snow angels? I'm a professional journalist. Ha! Who's looking for Jesus? Well, have you seen him or not? No. But we can see Russia. Excellent. And the weather? Ooh, I got this. The weather comes on your phone now. Of course, there's not much signal. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. You got any signal? Oh my god, this is the most annoying place on the entire planet. It's a bit. Jesus is never coming back anywhere. And the weather here in North Givashit, Alaska is cold as ass. Now, now, there's no need for language. Shut up. I see some lights are coming. Maybe that's your Jesus. That's just those snowmobile hooligans again. Yo, geezers. Who's the cougar? Connor Kringle, don't be fresh. You should be home. Oh, for sure. If by home you mean the igloo for a party. Ooh, the igloo? Is that the local tavern? Uh, no. It's just an igloo. But it's warm. And we got booze. Oh, Oh. right. Homemade microbrew? Potent potables. Small batch Eskimo vodka? What are we talking about? The word is Inuit, dear. Not Eskimo. Shut up. Inuit. It doesn't have a name. But Cody's dad makes it from reindeer milk. Ew. It kind of tastes like the reindeer barn smells. Yeah. But it messes you up. <laughs> you can always stay and help me write letters. Oh, my God. I need some help with my hose back at the station. Ew. Reindeer tit booze it is. Drive, punk. Yes. So long, sucker. Uh, there's no snowmobile clause in our shitty insurance, Joel. Help with your hose, really, Jeff? What? Well, I thought she was rude. <clears throat> Where's that igloo again? Hello, my name is Sir Hugo Bottomsley Upton, and these are the Limitacists. Today's limitic comes to us from the docks of New Jersey and a longshoreman. It's very macho. Here with his Christmas-flavored limitic, Mary Spreadlegs, is Mickey Mouth. Now Jesus' appearance on earth is a source of perpetual mirth. Conception immaculate or Joseph's ejaculate, the likelier cause of the birth. You tell me. Use your fucking head. Virgin Mary, forget about it. This has been The Limitacists. Until next time, I'm Sir Hugo Bottomsley Upton. Good day.
evening, friends. My name is Sister Josephine, your secular nun. The fall and winter holidays are rapidly approaching, and whether you are an atheist, agnostic, humanist, or anywhere in between, you might be feeling anxiety or dread. The holidays often revolve around religion and prayer, and you might fear any conversations about these touchy topics with relatives. Uh, tell me, does an atheist even get to have Thanksgiving? Dad, how stop it! Such here. a dick. Oh, I really want to go. I am truly happy. I am here to share several suggestions on how to deal with the holidays when you're the only non-religious person there. You may even enjoy the holidays more. Our first suggestion. Volunteer to serve food to the less fortunate. Everyone needs to eat, and the holidays are tough for those who do not have stable housing or family around to spend time with. Many religious and non-religious organizations offer free holiday meals for the homeless or low-income populations, with volunteer opportunities to help cook food, serve food, or help clean up after the meal. Check with your local homeless shelter or United Way office for opportunities. Volunteer opportunities may also appear in your local newspaper. Hey, uh, Connie, looks like uh, the Baptist Church is having a coat drive. Don't let an organization's religious affiliation stop you from volunteering. Oh, that's nice, Carl. I got a coat for the Baptists. Instead, use it as a teachable moment to show fellow volunteers that non-religious people can and do help others in need. Our second suggestion. Purchase gifts for a charitable organization. There are so many families and individuals who aren't able to provide gifts for their loved ones during the holidays. There are many ways to contribute gifts to charitable organizations. One such organization is Toys for Tots, created by the U.S. Marine Corps. The Toys for Tots Foundation is an IRS-recognized 501c3 not-for-profit public charity and places donation bins nationwide. Your employer's worksite or your favorite grocery store may also have donation bins. Nonprofit organizations in your area may also sponsor gift drives for adults or children in need in your community. So if you're not comfortable giving gifts that you might find unnecessary, you can help a person in need of basic necessities such as clothing or shoes. Or you can purchase items that are needed year-round by organizations serving the needy, such as toiletries, baby supplies, or socks. Socks! Socks! Our third suggestion... Write letters to active duty military or veterans. If you prefer to be alone during the holidays, one way in which you can contribute to the joy others may miss is to write letters to military members stateside or serving overseas. Check with your local American Red Cross chapter or VA office for letter collection centers in your state. The USO, an organization through the U.S. Department of Defense, also allows you to send a holiday care package to military serving overseas. Booyah! Our fourth suggestion... Donate your money 
and or your time to food pantries. Food pantries or Meals on Wheels programs make deliveries to residents in need of food supplies. Well, thank you. And the number of volunteers may drop during the holidays due to family obligations. Hello? Hello? Many pantries face food shortages during the holidays, so helping them replenish their supplies can be helpful to the residents who rely on them. So fill me up to the top. Oh, don't you stop till I'm over. Our final suggestion. Organize gatherings with fellow free thinkers. If you are estranged from your family due to your lack of religious belief, do not let this stop you from enjoying the company of others. If you are a member of a local secular meetup organization or Facebook group, organize a non-religious gathering at a restaurant or a potluck at someone's home. The best part of the holidays, in my opinion, is the food prepared, especially the turkeys, hams, and pies. Having a gathering with friends can ensure everyone feels loved on religious holidays. You could also host a gift exchange and make it as funny or fancy as you'd like. I'd like to close this offering with a quote from Madeline Murray O'Hare, founder of American Atheists. An atheist believes that deed must be done instead of prayer said. An atheist strives for involvement in life and not escape into death. He wants disease conquered, poverty vanished, war eliminated. I encourage you all to reflect on this statement as you approach the holiday season, no matter what holiday your family or relatives celebrate. Consider using your deeds to reflect care for others and share stories of your deeds with religious friends and family members. And you never know, your family members may join you on the good deeds in future years. of us at Atheist Underground Headquarters, this is Sister Josephine, the secular nun, reminding you to put reason back in the season, and wishing you a safe and happy holidays. There, I think that was nice. This is the Amish Atheist, reminding you, Atheist Underground. Is sponsored by Kraft, Kenosha Racine Atheists and Freethinkers. Freedom from Religion in Southeast Wisconsin. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, Tweetbook, and Instapoop. As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain, I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain. But that's just perfect for an Amish like me. You know I shun fancy things like electricity. Hey, buongiorno, motherfuckers. Wake up, it's a time to fry! In the Helmos Underwear! Grazie, grazie a tutti i bambini. Today is a very, a very special...
avere spe... Eh, e bambini, come si dice? Edizione speciale. Special edition! Ah, ah, sì, 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 sì. Special edition, very special edition is Helmo's Holiday Singers. And they're gonna sing 12 Days of Christmas. It's gonna be 12 things the Bible she's given to you. So listen now, you're gonna be really happy or you're gonna get the cancer of the ear, I'm not sure. Here they are with Helmo's 12 Days of Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, the Bible gave to me a Messiah nailed to a big T. On the second day of Christmas, the Bible gave to me two original people and a Messiah nailed to a big T. On the third day of Christmas, the Bible gave to me three gods and one, two original people and a Messiah nailed to a big T. Fourth day of Christmas, the Bible gave to me four made-up gospels, three gods and one, two original people, and, and a Messiah nailed to a big T. On the fifth day of Christmas, the Bible gave to me five books of ancient laws, four made-up gospels, three gods and one, two, two original people, and a Messiah nailed to a big T. Sixth day of Christmas, the Bible gave to me six days of creation, five books of ancient laws, four made up gospels, three gods in one, two original people, and a Messiah nailed to a big T. On the seventh day of Christmas, the Bible gave to me seven deadly sins, six days of creation, five books of ancient laws. Four made-up gospels, three gods in one, two, two original people, and a Messiah nailed to a big T. On the eighth day of Christmas, the Bible gave to me eight bloody crusades, seven deadly sins, six days of creation, five books of ancient laws, four made-up gospels, three gods in one, two original people, and a Messiah nailed to a big T. On the ninth day of Christmas, the Bible gave to me nine grisly stonings, eight bloody crusades, seven deadly sins, six days of creation, five books of ancient laws, four made-up gospels, three gods in one, two original people, and a messiah nailed to a big T. On the tenth day of Christmas, the Bible gave to me Ten dumb commandments, nine grisly stonings, eight bloody crusades, seven deadly sins, six days of creation, five books of Four made up gospels, three gods in one, two original people, and a messiah nailed to a big T. On the eleventh day of Christmas, the Bible gave to me. Eleven signs of judgment, ten dumb commandments, nine grisly stonings, eight bloody crusades, seven deadly sins, six days of creation, five books of ancient gods, four made up gospels, three gods in one, two original people, and a messiah nailed to a big T. On the twelfth day of Christmas, the Bible gave to me. Seven signs of judgment, ten dumb commandments, nine grisly stonings, eight bloody crusades, seven deadly sins, six days of creation, five books of ancient laws. 
Secular news and events. And commentary. Is Jojo Vandescoop. The Free Thought Equality Fund has compiled a list of 47 openly non theist and secular candidates that have been elected to state and federal offices in the 2018 midterm elections held this past November. The list includes Megan Hunt, who won the District 8 seat in the Nebraska State Senate. Jacqueline Critian, who won the Hillsborough District 42 seat in the New Hampshire State House, and Howard Watts, who won the District 15 seat in the Nevada State House. The Free Thought Equality Fund Political Action Committee is affiliated with the Center for Free Thought Equality, which is the political and advocacy arm of the American Humanist Association. The FEF. F- the Free Thought Equality Fund, the FEF, the FEF Pack. You know, I'm a big fan of. That uh, sounds amazing. I'm a big fan of acronyms. Do they have a good quarterback? <laughs> I know that uh, it's ironic that Jacqueline Chrétien is one of them, right? That means Christian in French. Chrétien. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> right? That's funny. It's cool. So it's just a list, like sort of to recommend candidates, secular candidates, for people I, to to use as a reference. Well, uh, it's only. Well, it's not only a list of those who have won, it's also a website where you can see other candidates that they endorsed but maybe didn't win. Awesome. Well, that's a step in the right direction, right? That is a step in the right direction. That's cool. Everybody check that out and vote correctly and secularly. Use your voice. FFRF is asking the Moline, Illinois, Coal Valley School District to investigate complaints that an illusionist was promoting Christianity in events targeting children. Illusionist Zach Merzadeh gave a performance for mandatory assemblies at several schools in the district. As students left the assemblies, they were given an invitation to an evening performance at New Life Fellowship. After he performed magic tricks at the evening performance, he told the audience about his conversion from Islam to Christianity. Following his religious testimony, he asked the audience to bow their heads and close their eyes while he said a prayer, then asked members of the audience to raise their hand if they had accepted Jesus tonight. He then instructed the audience to stand and asked those who had raised their hands to come forward to celebrate their spiritual birthday in an altar call. The Moline area and school district has a large Muslim population. Like a one less Muslim, Zach Mirzadeh. He did a magic act, turned himself into a Christian. Yeah, maybe he should do a magic act and make himself disappear. <laughs> Does he turn water into wine during his stupid Christian magic act? <laughs> Probably. Have you ever been to one of those things where they where they do that? They'll 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 have a show at your church and then they'll it'll be a guy who's actually evangelizing. And after he does his show, in this case, it's an illusionist. I think it was like a comedian yeah. who, who did it at my church. Yeah. And we had a liberal Protestant church. Where this was just like an event. They get, these guys go around and they'll like, you know, come and do my evening at your church. Mm-hmm. And it's free and whatever, probably. But 
uh, the uh, the kids come and have a good time, and at the end they're like, okay, who who's accepted Jesus here tonight? You know. And I remember being involved in one of those and not being able to say I was such a good young Christian. I didn't want to not raise my hand because I had accepted Jesus earlier, but I didn't want to be, you know, I wanted to be standing up for Jesus that night. You know what I mean? And I, I got in hock with my own church because this was a kind of a competing church. And, and my, my pastor was like, I thought you accepted Jesus the other week with me. <laughs> I wonder if he gave away some prizes to those who raised their hands. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but it's a you know it's a sleazy tactic again. It's yeah, like I a, think when I was in public school, when I was a child, I remember a musician coming and playing the guitar up at the front and doing several hymnals at the public school, and and we thought that was kind of odd um, growing up because obviously they were pushing church in in a school system. Yeah, they'll do whatever they can, will they? Yeah. Fucking Zach Mirza, they go the other way like Cat Stevens did, right? Go be a fucking Muslim again, you douche. <laughs> In Greece, Prime Minister Alexis Tsipras recently introduced a plan to outline the religious neutrality of the state within the Constitution. Speaking to the ruling Syriza parliamentary group, the Prime Minister said, Church and state have the maturity, the wisdom and the sensitivity to put their relations on a rational basis, adding that it is time to enshrine the religious neutrality of the Greek state in the country's constitution. Currently, Article 3 of the Greek Constitution defines the Eastern Orthodox Church of Christ as the prevailing religion in Greece. A National Committee on Constitutional Reform has been reviewing this issue since 2016. Is it because you're Greek that we have a story about Greece every other week on the news? Yes. <laughs> I just love hearing the fact that Greece is now becoming a little secular. Growing up, the Greek church was is the dominant force in the Greek in your in your Greek home, you know, you go up going to Greek church, and when you go to Greece, you know, when you ride the bus, even all the old ladies, all the old yayas on the bus will cross themselves anytime the bus passes a Greek church. Wow, religion is everywhere. That's dedication there. Yeah. Well, I, I find it interesting that that because uh, I mean, you you knew all all of these East European states are like this; they all had a state religion and. It doesn't mean that any of them are more or less religious than other countries. It's just kind of the way it evolved there. But it's funny that they're all less religious than America now. We have the secular constitution, but we're the ones who have to fight uh, theocracy. Whereas even in Greece, like you say, you figure it's steeped in religion. And here we have, you know, a, an atheist prime minister. We already know. Right? I'm surprised he got elected. He got he got blamed for the for the flooding and the hurricanes because he was an atheist, right? The church the we heard about the, the fires, the wildfires because of the drought was God's punishment because <laughs> Greece had an atheist prime minister. The guy with the funny hat said that, uh, but now we have the same guy, right? Alexis Tsipras. Let's try to get him on the show, right? That'd be good. Talk to him. We'll bring it up at the corporate meeting. Cool. Go Greece. In secular event news. Author and famed neuroscientist Sam Harris will be coming to the Pabst Theater in Milwaukee on Tuesday, January 29th at 7.30 p.m. He will be hosting a conversation with Eric Weinstein, a mathematician, economist, and managing director of Thiel Capital in San Francisco and Los Angeles. Ticket prices start at $35. More information about this event can be found at www.pabsttheater.org. One of the four horsemen. 
Sam Harris, he's too. Yeah, big. I really like Sam Harris. Do you? A lot yeah. of people do. He's too big. He's too good for us. He's one of those guys. He, we, you know, we can get a hold of a lot of people, but not Sam Harris. Yeah, he's probably asked a lot, though. It may oh, not be God, just. Oh God, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. He's yeah. Asked to do a lot of events. One of the stories on one of the early podcasts was with a young scientist who worked with him. Well, we're like, can that's he, pretty can, close. Can he get what, a, yeah, yeah, couple of like, degrees of separation. That's right, all right. right. Yeah. Like, close can, enough. Can you get him a message? He's uh, probably way out of our budget. Well, you know, a lot of people are out of your budget, but that doesn't mean they can't call in and be on your podcast. You know, Krause did it. We had, you know, if Krause can call in and be on your podcast one day, and Daniel Dennett answered my email. I'm like, come on, you know, Sam Harris, you know, pick up the phone. Wait, we should be getting paid for this? Sooner or later, damn it. <laughs> Sam Harris uh, in Milwaukee, right? At the Pabst? It is, yes. You know, the guys will be trying to get a hold of him. Of course, oh, yes, they will be. <laughs> <laughs> and look at their... Quadrachi guide to try to meet with him. Go see Sam Harris in January. That's all for Solstice Village. Get your asses back on the train. We are on our way to Agnosta Center. Agnosta Center next, where we will interview Cass Midgley of the Everyone's Agnostic podcast. Looking forward to that. Thanks to our new patrons. Don't forget to go to patreon.com, look for Atheist Underground, and pledge a dollar. That's the fair. It's not much. Just do it. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you at the next stop. Next stop, Agnosta Center. Agnosta Center. <laughs>